Welcome to another episode of The Money Minutes. I want to take you through a few bits and pieces today in regards to unions, the Prime Minister Scott Morrison, what he's had to say about industrial relations and why that is going to be increasingly difficult. I'm also going to, for the very first time, try a few things down. I'm going to throw a bit of audio in there as well uh, just to see what my production skills are like. So stick with me. Uh, we we should get through it all. Uh, the very first thing I should say is the Reserve Bank Governor. His testimony to the Senate Select Committee uh, into COVID-19 uh, basically says he, he thinks the government may need to keep its JobKeeper program alive even after the six-month deadline expires. And this confirms what I've been saying here about, you know, what happens if the bridge to economic recovery is simply not long enough? And I think this is a really important point to recognise. And that is, right now, the government has to be flexible in its thinking. If it's got a six-month deadline to try and get everybody back into work, um, that's okay. But you've really got to have some plan if really things aren't going uh, according to your thinking once that six-month deadline is up. You remember, it's not just the JobKeeper program. uh, And there are many people in Australia right now um, who are technically earning more under JobKeeper than what they might have been in their ordinary jobs. Uh, Now, quite clearly, there's a lot of people who have missed out. This is where uh, some give and take has to come from the government. But it's not just about JobKeeper trying to prop up the Australian economy right now. It's also, you know, things like directors being allowed to trade their companies while insolvent, something they're not normally allowed to do. It's also about directors having been made immune from continuous disclosure rules. These are ASX-listed companies, and this protects them from, you know, potentially very costly class actions. So, you know, all of this is a part of trying to keep the economy going to try and make certain you don't have companies collapsing and therefore jobs being lost. And that is the key for the government. Because again, go back to it and I'll keep telling you, remember the government makes half of its revenue from PAYE taxpayers. And so as a result, if you have people becoming unemployed, the unemployment rate getting out towards double digits, you don't have as many taxpayers, the government doesn't have as much money coming through the door, and it has to pay out more in either JobKeeper or JobSeeker allowances. The fact that uh, we had the JobKeeper uh, program in place did have a fundamental effect on our estimates of uh, the decline in uh, total employment and the loss of um, household income. So that's Philip Lowe. So we should now go through a few other bits and pieces that we've got here because one of the biggest fundamental issues facing Australia as we come out of this coronavirus is really that we have become uncompetitive. Australia as a nation cannot compete. And this is the reason why, say, for example, we don't really manufacture much of our own fuel here. We don't manufacture cars here. We don't manufacture just about anything here anymore. Now, there are some incredibly clever small emerging manufacturing companies. There is no doubt in my mind, I've seen so many of them over the years, but they've had to adapt. They've had to become very niche in their operations, not big scale operations. Now, I spoke last year, around about this time last year, with a fellow called Lindsay Partridge, who is the boss of Brickworks. I really like Lindsay as a businessman. Now, I spoke to him for a 60 minute story. Here's just a little of what he had to say to me about the cost of making bricks here in Australia, and also the future of manufacturing. We could manufacture that brick in the United States for a third of the price we could manufacture it here. No, you could not. Yeah, a third of the price. A third of the price. Yeah. But that's a basic 
building brick that that's anybody it, and can that's see? Most, probably the most popular brick currently in New South Wales. If the manufacturing jobs go, do you think anybody cares? No, I don't think so, actually. I, don't, I, I just don't think they care. I don't think they understand. I mean, it beggars belief. You know, the fact that we import potatoes to Australia really always gets up my nose as well because it just seems to me if you can't be competitive to do something basic like that, where are we going to? So as I say, any sort of economic downturn is an opportunity for government to make big structural reforms that in more prosperous times are really tough to get through because of the struggle for political survival. The give and take of the political life means that, you know, you don't want to give too many points away. So right here and now, top marks to Scott Morrison and Attorney General Christian Porter for tackling industrial relations reform. Morrison's thinking is pretty simple. Anything that prevents an employer from taking on a worker in the post-coronavirus economy is a bad thing, be that fighting over enterprise bargaining agreements or an employer deliberately casualising their workforce because it's simply too hard to sack a full-time worker. Here's just a little of Scott Morrison this week at the National Press Club. Our current system is not fit for purpose, especially given the scale of the jobs challenge that we now face as a nation. Our industrial relations system has settled into a complacency of unions seeking marginal benefits and employers closing down risks, often by simply not employing anyone. The system has lost sight of its purpose to get the workplace settings right so the enterprise, the business can succeed so everybody can fairly benefit from their efforts and their contributions. It is a system that has to date retreated to tribalism, conflict and ideological posturing. No side of that debate has been immune from those maladies. This will need to change or more Australians will unnecessarily lose their jobs so there's a few things here to think about. Let's go first to business. Any business in my mind is like a set of lungs. It's either expanding or it's contracting, but it never, ever sits still for very long. Now, like a set of lungs, you can easily breathe in or breathe out. And if you can't or don't, you won't survive comfortably for very long. In other words, business always has to grow or contract. Now, this is something I think that many Canberra-based public servants especially, you know, who have very steady lives, simply fail to recognise. Now, to cope with different conditions, companies have to be flexible. That might mean, say, the amount of space that they occupy. And think about some of the big retailers right now, right? They've got way too much space in this new era of online shopping. Then you go to, say, for example, staff levels or even their stock and inventory, so if any part of that equation locks them into costs that they can't potentially cut if business conditions change, then they and Australia's industry has a problem. So as I say, a big thumbs up to the government and embarking on what is clearly a very ambitious plan. Scott Morrison, as we've heard, says all sides have to put down their weapons and also thumbs up to the ACTU Secretary Sally McManus and its President Michelle O'Neill for at least considering their place at the table. But, and this is a very big but, it is not going to be easy for anybody. And the reason for that is the brick wall standing in the way of Scott Morrison, Christian Porter, all the employer bodies, as well as Sally McManus and Michelle O'Neill, is the formidable presence of one John Setka, Victorian State Secretary of the Construction, Forestry, Maritime, Mining and Forestry Union. Think about that. Construction. 
One of the things you need to get going if you want your economy to get moving, mining, probably the most lucrative part of Australia's economy, maritime. Now, this is the biggest union in Australia. Also, one of the biggest contributors to the National Labor Party. So it is absolute key. Now, the CFMMEU is really important, but it is split right now down the middle. Remember, it's not just 12 months ago that Sally McManus and the federal Labor leader, Anthony Albanese, called Setka to stand aside after he was convicted of harassing his wife, Emma Walters, via text message. Listen to this. I told him it's in the best interest of the union movement that he resigns. I've consulted a wide range of union leaders and they share this view. There are several matters currently before the court, as you know. Now, in a press conference at that time, standing alongside his wife, Emma Walters, this is what Setka had to say. I've been a member of the CFMEU for over 35 years and have proudly led the union for the past six years. And as long as I am elected a leader, one thing won't change. I'll always put our members first. Now, it's only in the past week since all of that that Setka's called McManus and O'Neill the Three Stooges, or two of the Three Stooges of the union movement, and also called them un-Australian for deals that have been done that would have reduced penalty rates for those working in the fast food industry. Just last month, Setka won a case in the federal court brought on by the federal secretary of his own union, the CFMMEU, that's Michael O'Connor, the brother of the Labor member, Brendan O'Connor, saying that he broke rules by recruiting manufacturing workers. The federal court threw it out. No surprise then that Setka right now is trying to get the numbers to roll Michael O'Connor out of his job. Now, let's just go back into a little bit of history for you and try and work out just a little bit of the CFMMEU and what they have done over a period of time. Now, they are certainly among the most prosecuted of Australia's Workplace Relations Act. So if you go back and have a little bit of a look at some of the, uh, some of the things that are suggested about the CFMMEU, you have had um, some $8.7 million of civil penalties against the CFMMEU since December 2016. The Australian Building and Construction Commission continued to show this. There's also been two royal commissions that have been, in, in part at least, prompted by the behaviour of the CFMEU or the CFMMEU. One was the Royal Coal, uh, the Coal Royal Commission in 2001. The second, the Royal Commission into Trade Union Governance and Corruption. Now, there were other things there at the time. The CFMMU has been breached uh, more times of the Fair Work Act um, than any other union. Uh, Christian Porter suggests there have been 2,200 breaches of legislation since 2002. So in other words, John Setka is one of those people who says whatever it takes to get action to make certain that his members are protected. Now, given the fact that he's at war with his own federal secretary, the, the secretary of the ACTU and the president of the ACTU, there is a landscape that Scott Morrison has entered this battleground of industrial relations and asked everybody to drop their weapons. The interesting part about that is that the bazooka John Setka has is the funding of the Federal Labor Party. And you'd imagine right now he is not getting on with Anthony Albanese one little bit. So good luck, Scott Morrison. Good luck 
to Christian Porter as well. But as I say, you might be able to work your way around uh, the ACTU, Sally McManus, and also Michelle O'Neill. But I just wonder whether John Setka will play. We'll talk to you soon.